This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Imagine, if you will, Christopher Columbus. Nice! I have a holiday? Well, caramba! I should! I Obviously, that's not really Columbus. This is a cartoon Columbus. He's got electric blue eyes and a big toothy grin. He's a character in a 13-minute video called Leo and Layla Meet Christopher Columbus. John Neffel of Media Matters recently watched it for work. So he starts off telling the kids this sort of justification for Columbus's treatment of the indigenous people. Cannibals? Like they eat people. See. Whoa. Right? Hey, all the things that are bad in the world I come from, jealousy, lying, murder, war, it all exists in the land I just found too. Ah, in Europe we draw the line at things like eating people and human sacrifice. And one of the lines that this fictional Columbus character says is that slavery existed everywhere. It's clearly designed to be exculpatory towards the history of slavery in the United States and Europe more broadly. Slavery is as old as time and has taken place in every corner of the world, even amongst the people I just left. Being taken as a slave is better than being killed, no? I don't see the problem. Well, in our Modern scholarship, including for elementary school kids, says that this is not the full story, that, that there's a, a much more complicated and, and, and rich history here. And the PragerU kids' response to that is, uh, no, there's not. You won't find these cartoons on Netflix or Disney+. Plus. They were made by PragerU Kids a subsidiary of a conservative advocacy group called PragerU. Despite the name, it's unaccredited. That means not a university. Prager has produced hundreds of what it calls edutainment videos. That's like a cross between education and entertainment, only these are for kids. One features Booker T. Washington comforting white children. Future generations are never responsible for the sins of the past. Okay, I'll keep doing my best to treat everyone well and won't feel guilty about historical stuff. Good. One tackles the evils of Canada's universal health care. They've been convinced that it's better that way. But is that really the case? One even compares denying climate change to fighting the Nazis. Through her family's stories, Anya is realizing that fighting oppression is risky. And that it always takes courage. That one really bothered John. 
this is obviously completely ideologically motivated right-wing propaganda to tell kids that if you embrace climate denialism and your peers or your instructors tell you, hey, that's that's not really scientifically accurate, that you are somehow engaged in, in this uh, proud tradition of fighting back against uh, Nazism and fascism and totalitarian thinking. And that's just so obviously preposterous that, that when we watched it, we were really kind of shocked at how blatant it was. PragerU has been around since 2009, but they're going mainstream. Recently, its materials were approved for use in Florida public schools. And it's not just the videos. They're preparing actual 50-minute lesson plans. And if you didn't pay attention to the actual content, they might seem pretty innocuous, right? Yeah, and PragerU refers to this curriculum as, quote, turnkey, which is to say that they create it for teachers to just sort of plug and play and to not necessarily uh, supplement it with, with other materials. It's designed to, to kind of go down smooth and to mask the ideological project that PragerU is actually pursuing. Today on the show, the rise of PragerU and the fight to rewrite history. I'm Mary C. Curtis, in for Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The future of America is in your hands. This is not a movie trailer, and it's not a political ad, but it is a call to action. I'm Mila Atmos, and I'm passionate about unlocking the power of everyday citizens. On our podcast, Future Hindsight, we take big ideas about civic life and democracy and turn them into action items for you and me. Every Thursday, we talk to bold activists and civic innovators to help you understand your power and your power to change the status quo. Find us at futurehindsight.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. To understand what PragerU is doing, it's important to understand where it came from. The organization was launched and named after Dennis Prager, a conservative writer and media personality. His show, The Dennis Prager Show, has been a mainstay on conservative talk radio for decades. In 2009, Prager decided to branch out into education when he founded PragerU. From the beginning, the U was aspirational. It's not a university at all. And they acknowledge that on their website. Um, it's, it's not accredited. It's not associated with any institutions that are accredited. It's a conservative nonprofit entertainment organization. The initial plan with his longtime radio producer, 
was to make an actual physical building, an actual school or school-like facility. But they realized pretty early on that that was going to be prohibitively expensive. There were going to be all sorts of hoops to jump through, like hiring faculty, (laughs) and that that was maybe even going to potentially limit their reach. So in 2011, this is right at the kind of height of the digital media boom, Prager and his uh, associates realize what's the point of making a physical building when you can just make five-minute videos. And so they start releasing these five-minute videos that target what they would say from their perspective are uh, excessive woke ideology on college campuses or PC culture. Congratulations, graduates. Your days of indoctrination and wokeism are behind you. Your worries about being graded down because you wouldn't say America is systemically racist? Over. Your fear is that you'd be... So do we know just what kind of reach the PragerU videos have had? How many people have viewed them? One of the things that PragerU was very skilled at uh, early on was writing YouTube algorithms um, for views. And so... They have had a very, very large response on on YouTube and Facebook. By 2019, PragerU had had 2.45 billion views across YouTube and Facebook. That number is certainly larger now. Um, what's What's interesting is that is that PragerU like many in the conservative media realm, claim that they've been censored by YouTube and Facebook, but the institution has racked up um, billions and billions of views across social media. PragerU is a nonprofit, and since the beginning, it has relied on donations. They receive some smaller scale contributions, but a sizable chunk of their funding comes from deep-pocketed conservative donors. Their initial funding comes from Dan and Ferris Wilkes, who are... Uh, brothers who became multi-multi-billionaires in hydrofracking. That helps to explain partially why so much of PragerU's curriculum embraces climate denialism is because their their early major funders were fracking industrialists. PragerU also got a massive early donation from the Bradley Foundation, which is a a very prominent right-wing charity. And Over the course of the 2000s, PragerU brings on all of these really prominent conservative talking heads, people like Ben Shapiro. Corporations spend millions on useless diversity compliance officers, people like Candace Owens. I was discussing the tendency in Black America for us to uplift criminals, uh, to pretend that they are heroes and martyrs when they die at the hand of white individuals. They bring in Tucker Carlson, who cuts a an anti-immigrant video for them. Cesar Chavez hated illegal immigration. Yeah, I've seen some of those, and it wasn't for younger kids. It was more aimed at college-age students and young adults, right? Exactly. The target of those were were sort of younger millennials, college college age students, um, high school students, who PragerU thought maybe were you know were rebelling against liberal parents or or liberal instructors or something like that. And throughout the 2010s, PragerU is is trying to get into public schools. They're having some success. 
the the American Prospect reported in 2018 that that some instructors had had played PragerU videos for students, um, but that those teachers had been criticized by their students and and sometimes um, faced sanctions. And so, what PragerU was was trying to do over the course of this decade is figure out a way to get into classrooms. Um, not only at the at the college and high school level, but then increasingly at the elementary school level as well. That's where PragerU Kids comes in. Prager began releasing videos, often cartoons, tailored for a younger audience. Some long-held Hindu traditions, however, became controversial when the British Empire ruled India. This Western influence helped transform the country in many positive ways. On their website, PragerU describes the series as a way to combat the, quote, woke agendas infiltrating classrooms, culture, and social media. There's, of course, this huge right-wing reaction to uh, COVID safety precautions. There is a sustained right-wing attack on teachers' unions. And in 2021, PragerU uh, launches PragerU Kids. And it's because they they feel like the moment is right. There's this this sort of burgeoning, what's referred to um, euphemistically as the parents' rights movement, and and PragerU um, emerges kind of alongside other extremist groups like Moms for Liberty. What exactly was the goal of this content when it was created? Do we know where Dennis Prager intended for these videos to be shown, and what purpose they were designed for? Was he waiting for this moment? Well, there's a, a great quote from Dennis Prager himself. Just uh, last month, he was at a conference that Moms for Liberty held. And at this conference in Philadelphia, he said that it's a, quote, fair statement to say that Prager you indoctrinates children. All I heard was, well, because you indoctrinate kids, and I, which is true. We bring doctrines to children. I, uh, that's a very fair statement. I said, but what, in, what is the bad of our indoctrination? They've always tried to, to talk out of both sides of their mouth at, at PragerU, where on the one hand, they say this is kind of non-ideological programming. This is pro-America, trying to downplay the ideological project. But then when when Dennis Prager himself, and especially with the launch, launch of PragerU Kids, he and, and his executives have been explicitly clear that this is meant to be shown in classrooms and they want to have protection from Florida and from the Florida Department of Education that that this is acceptable um, so that even if parents do push back, then Prager, you can say that we have the entire uh, DeSantis apparatus behind us. After the break, now that PragerU is in Florida schools, what comes next? Last month, the Prager CEO posted a video announcing that PragerU Kids was officially a vendor for Florida public schools. Friends, I'm ecstatic to make this groundbreaking announcement. PragerU is now making it into schools. We have seen that our schools have been hijacked by the left. They have been. She touted how easy it would be for teachers to adopt the curriculum. 
This means that if you are a teacher in Florida, you cannot be fired for using PragerU content. You can also rely on our resources in your classrooms. And we are just getting started. Additional states are... At the time, not many people knew that this decision had been in the works. So I asked John what we know about how exactly this partnership came together. The behind the scenes is a little bit opaque, but what we do have comes mostly from a a recent Miami Herald report on the back and forth. The CEO of PragerU said the state did not approach us. She says, quote, I would say we got to know each other through mutual friends, end quote. So exactly what that meeting of the minds looked like is unclear, but Um, From that same Miami uh, Herald reporting, we know that Ron and Casey DeSantis apparently show their kids PragerU materials. And we know that the Florida Education Commissioner, Manny Diaz, and the K-12 Chancellor, Paul Burns, are both very, very close DeSantis acolytes. And I think that the obvious play here from PragerU is to use this approval uh, to confer a degree of legitimacy on PragerU that it doesn't deserve. It's really concerning how young of an audience these videos could reach. So I imagine parents in Florida might be worried about their kindergartners watching videos that present warped views of slavery and race. And these kids are really kind of young to understand and scrutinize what they're being shown. Well, the goal of targeting kindergartners, first graders, second graders, is to get these kids early and to define these issues for them, or at the very least, to create enough confusion where where they might um, just sort of internalize this phrase, well, slavery has always been everywhere. And, and internalizing, um, you know, a complete distortion and manipulation of history like that at a young age is incredibly difficult to dislodge later on. And as shocking as some of these videos are, isn't the fact that they're being allowed in Florida not really a surprise? It's pretty on brand for Governor Ron DeSantis and how he's waged this battle with Florida schools. The revised curriculum standards we see that enslaved people were taught skills that benefited them later on, the rejection of the AP African-American studies class as lacking educational value. How does PragerU fit into the bigger picture of what's going on in Florida right now? It's absolutely one arrow in the quiver that that you just laid out. And what's so important to understand is that it doesn't end just with K through 12, but we've also seen DeSantis initiate this hostile takeover of New College of Florida, which was really this bastion of, of liberal arts uh, education, tolerance. And DeSantis earlier this year announced that he was going to appoint Uh, several new members to the board of trustees of New College, uh, including Chris Rufo, Christopher Rufo, who listeners may remember as a notorious anti-civil rights activist who is responsible for creating the the false panic around uh, so-called critical race theory being taught in schools. And so DeSantis putting Chris Rufo in at the, the board of trustees 
at New College has completely changed the, the character of the school. There's new administration now. You have faculty leaving in droves. And, and that is an extension of the exact same kind of attacks that we're seeing at the K through 12 level. And PragerU Kids is one very clear and very alarming aspect of that trend. I want to tag on something you just said, because he says he wants parental rights and he wants to stop indoctrination. But these videos seem like pretty clear indoctrination. You've said that Prager has admitted as much. And if it's parental rights, there obviously are some parents who don't like it. So what does that say? You're absolutely right that that parental rights has always been a code word, a, a kind of dog whistle for um, certain parents have parental rights and other parents have zero rights. And what we know from the way that this is playing out is that if you are a Black parent, if you are a trans parent, if you are the parent of a trans child, then you don't have rights. Your, your, your parental rights don't matter. And that, that if you are a, uh, a white suburban, uh, upper middle class parent who doesn't want their kid to be taught about slavery and Jim Crow and the ways that the past continues to order the present, that if you are that parent, you have all the rights in the world. Yeah. Indoctrination is in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. Exactly. Now that PragerU has made it into Florida public schools, where are they heading next? We don't know what's next for them yet. You could certainly imagine a host of potential states that might be friendly ground for them. You could certainly imagine uh, Greg Abbott in Texas being a, a kind of soft target for them, potentially Someone like Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, whose gubernatorial run in 2021 really kind of encapsulated a lot of this parental rights stuff that we've been talking about. And unfortunately, these conservative organizations see an opening that they are looking to exploit while it exists. Um, I think that that the public writ large does, does not want this type of programming and curriculum, but there's no question that 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 these uh, right-wing organizations see an opportunity and are are striking while the iron's hot. It's interesting too, because so much of the public school population, they're children of color getting these messages. and and I'm looking down the road and seeing that the kind of education your child receives, may depend upon where the child lives. So there won't be a common understanding of American history, American culture. Is that alarmist? Not at all. I think that the the goal of of PragerU Kids is to uh, to do things as as radical as redefine the history of the Civil War. One of the videos um, where the kids travel back and talk to uh, Booker T. Washington the fictionalized Booker T. Washington refers to the Civil War in the passive voice, and he says that that hundreds of thousands of men uh, gave their lives in a war that resulted in my freedom. Now, if if that's what you learn about the Civil War, that enslaved people were sort of a, a passive non-factor in it, and that there's no distinction between the Union and the Confederacy, which is what this lesson teaches, you are getting a completely distorted version 
of U.S. history. And if you learn later on that, in fact, enslaved people were the primary drivers of their emancipation, um, and if you learn later on that the Union Army uh, defeated the Confederacy, whose whose goal was uh, was to maintain chattel slavery at all costs, that's completely destabilizing, and it's it's impossible to understand the the inheritances of of slavery and Jim Crow and redlining and discrimination and all the rest of it without grappling with with history and grapple with how the past continues to determine how the the present manifests. Thank you, John Neffel, for coming on What Next? Thank you so much for having me. John Neffel is a senior writer for Media Matters for America. That's the show. If you're a fan of What Next, the best way to support our work is to join Slate Plus. Go to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Anna Phillips, Paige Osborne, and Madeline Ducharme. We're led by Alicia Montgomery with a little help from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary C. Curtis, columnist at Roll Call and host of its Equal Time podcast. You can find me on Twitter at mcurtisnc3. Thanks for listening.